my dad in my in my home, he started getting confused about other religions. When I was around the age 15, 16 years old, he came home one day with an astrology book. He started opening up this book and telling me, you know, this is what astrology says about your personality and you were born this way and and I didn't really understand that what he was doing was false. The religions that he was believing in were false. And so I became an astrologer and I called myself a Christian. I remember driving home from college because I would commute and I would drive home every day and I would remember driving, you know, on the on the highway and thinking I wouldn't even care if a car just crashed into me right now and just killed me. I wouldn't even care. I have no will to live. And then around springtime, uh, we had a family friend and she just just looked at me and she said, God told me today is the day of your freedom and we're going to pray and God is going to break that depression and that death and the sadness off of you. So I grew up in a Christian home. My my parents were very religious and not in a negative way, in a, in a great way. We went to Bible-based amazing churches with sound doctrine. Um, I grew up in kids' church learning all about Jesus, and I believed in Him. At the age of five, um, my mom explained the gospel to me, and she asked me, do you want to invite Jesus into your heart? And I said yes, and I asked Him to be my Lord and Savior, to live inside of my heart, and I wanted to follow Him even though I didn't know how. I just, I heard the story, and I believed, and I loved Him. And, and so I grew up going to church my whole life, but I never actually encountered God. You know, they, they always would take the little kids away into their own little room and, and sometimes they would dumb things down. Um, and I didn't really get to experience the awesome revival services that my parents were in sometimes growing up. And so I never knew what God's presence felt like. I just had the head knowledge and I knew Noah's Ark and I knew about Moses and I knew just the Bible stories. And that was it. That was my whole idea and understanding of Christianity until I was about 13 or 14 years old. Um, but my home was very stable. Um, my father worked a lot, but he was present. My mom was always there with us. Um, my grandparents were there. It was a it was a really amazing childhood. We didn't have, you know, any kind of lack. And so I, I just kind of grew up in a bubble and it was really great. And around the time when I got into my teenage years, starting middle school and then going into high school, then things just started to change. I wasn't really in a bubble anymore. I was in school. I was around peers. I was, I was exposed to all kinds of different things like books and movies and culture, pop culture really negatively impacted my life, just getting exposed to things that were not safe or just bad in nature, sinful in nature. And so around the time of 13 years old, um, I just started reading a lot of magazines, watching a lot of shows, like most middle school girls kind of getting introduced into pop culture and I saw that I didn't look like the girls around me. I didn't look like the models. I didn't look like my favorite singers. And so I started to really internalize self-hatred and I hated the way I looked. And every time I would go into the mirror, I would start picking apart the things about myself. And it didn't help that I grew up in the South in a community that was not very diverse. And so there was nobody around me that looked like me. And that caused me to hate my appearance um, and be ashamed of my background, my ethnicity, the way I looked, my curly hair, my tan skin, just things like that. 
I developed an eating disorder um, and I just started to starve myself. No one had to tell me how to do it. No one had to show me. I didn't see like it just I just started internalizing that self-hatred and starving myself. Um, and so during that time, around 13 years old, I had just been taken out of public school and I was put into an all girls private school. Um, and so we started going to youth group, me and my cousin, uh, because we wanted to meet boys. And my parents, that was the only place we would go and hang out. And it was so silly looking back. But God actually did use that to actually show me who he who he is. And so we started going to church. We started going to youth group. And we would go to socialize and have fun. But then we would hear amazing preaching. And I actually started to learn about the real Jesus who's active today, who's alive today, who's not just from the stories, but actually doing miracles today. And so I think it was around January, February, one winter in my freshman year of high school, so 13, 14, around this time, uh, they took us to a conference called Acquire the Fire. And we were worshiping, we were listening to great preaching, and they were really hammering in the love of God, the miracle working power of Jesus. And I was hearing testimonies during this time of how Jesus showed up for other people. And I remember being in the worship session and I lifted my hands and I just I just spoke to the Lord in my own heart and I said God you know if you if you love me and you do miracles and you're freeing these people I just told him take away this eating disorder I don't want it anymore I didn't know anything about miracles I didn't know what was wrong with me I just gave him permission and I asked I opened the door to that dark thing that I had been hiding and it felt like bricks and weights got lifted off of me in that instant and the eating disorder was gone and I didn't understand what happened but I just knew that I met Jesus and that he touched me so I get emotional that was my first encounter with him and so after that my life just changed so much he was real you know it wasn't like a religious thing that I that I learned about and so after that, I was so on fire for God. Um, I was so excited to go to church. It was just, my life got turned upside down. So after that, I decided that I wanted to get water baptized. Growing up, my mom never let me get water baptized. She always said that it was gonna be a personal decision that you made when you were ready. And so after that, I knew I was like, okay, I'm gonna get water baptized. Um, I'm so in love with Jesus. And so. I waited about six months. That was when my church was going to do baptisms. Um, and so it was the following uh, fall. We did the water baptism and it was great. It was amazing. And uh, after that, I went home and my mom and my grandma and one of our dear family friends, uh, they all came over and they just prayed on me to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they explained to me what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, laid, you know, they laid hands on me, prayed that God would fill me and just um, consume me with, with the Holy Spirit and with His fire. And it was the most amazing experience that I had ever encountered in my life. It was so intense. It was just the tangible presence of God filled me, poured out on me, and I began to speak in tongues. And the way that I describe it is like the Wizard of Oz movie in the beginning where everything is black and white and then the tornado and then she lands in Oz and everything was in color after that. And that's how I felt after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I could hear God's voice. I was so full of life. I was so full of joy. I had peace. It was literally like I had just been going through the motions and I didn't even realize it. And then God poured out His Spirit upon me and 
it was just life like I had never known, abundant life like like Jesus talked about. He said, I came to give you life and life abundantly. And that was the first time I experienced abundant life was when he, he filled me with his Holy Spirit. After that, I was on fire for God. I would, I would just read my Bible in the morning from riding in the car to school, you know, in between classes. I'd like try to sneak it into classes and like read. I was just so hungry for God. I would see kids in school with like arm braces or casts on and I would stop them in the hallway and be like, can I pray for you? And teachers would come up to me and ask me for prayer. Like I was known in school as like the Jesus freak girl and I didn't care. I was so on fire and so unashamed. And so when that started happening, obviously it made the enemy, the devil really mad. So around that time where I'm discovering who Jesus is and I'm so on fire, um, my dad in my, in my home, he started getting confused about other religions. Um, he grew up Muslim and then he became a Christian. And then around this time, he started dabbling in universalism. And so he would, you know, look for truth in Christianity, in Hinduism, in Buddhism, in Islam. And he would always say things like there's multiple paths to God, that there's not only one way Jesus is a door, he's not the door. And so one day when I was around the age 15, 16 years old, um, he came home one day with an astrology book. He just immediately kind of came over to me and was, I don't know why me, you know, but he started opening up this book and telling me, you know, this is what astrology says about your personality and you were born this way. And everything he was reading was like, wait, that's kind of true. And then I was like, wait, and I asked him, I was like, how can all of these things be true if God created me and my personality? And he just told me that astrology was a system that God created. So all of the different 12 zodiac signs and all the personalities, it was a system that he made to just bring order in the creation that he made. And my dad is very smart. I trusted him and I didn't really understand that what he was doing was was false. The religions that he was believing in were false. And so I it sounded good to me. It sounded logical. And so I believed that and I became obsessed with astrology after that. And I didn't know because I had really just become a Christian. I didn't know that there were Bible verses that talked about how astrology is sinful, that it's a false belief. It's demonic. It's not of God. Um, and so I just was really ignorant. And that's the thing that I, I learned through my testimony is the devil doesn't care if you're ignorant. He doesn't care if you have good intentions. But once we open a door to sin, that opens the door to sin and confusion can come in, dark things can come in. And that's what happened to me. And so I was on fire for God. I was praying for people. I was leading my classmates to Jesus. And then I started practicing astrology, which is new age, which is witchcraft, which is divination, which is fortune telling, right? All of these things, it's like a rabbit trail and it all leads down the path to another. And that's what I was experiencing. So I never really saw a life of miracles and amazing things like maybe my friends had or my pastors had or even the Bible stories because once I started dabbling with those things, I still loved God, but I, I wasn't seeing his power show up like like I did in the Bible or like I do right now in my life. And I didn't know why I was so new in the faith. And so after that, I started taking yoga class at school. Um, I thought that it was gonna be nice and relaxing and I wouldn't have to like 
be sweaty and run around in gym class. I was like, oh, it's way more sophisticated and it's relaxing. And so I was really excited. And I remember the first day I went into yoga class, we had a teacher who she had professionally studied and she would do like Hindu chants over us while we would do the poses. And she was really teaching us about the spirituality of yoga. And she didn't explain it like, Hinduism, like paganism, she would just really break it down into breathing and peace and relaxing. And so I was doing these things and I was praying and I was taking the deep breaths and doing the poses and, and she was chanting in, in, I guess Hindi. I don't know. I don't know the language, but chanting in the different languages over us while we would do these rituals. I felt so peaceful. It was like, it wasn't the same peace that I felt when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. It wasn't the same. It was like a different kind of peace, but it felt good. And so I thought it was good. And so I would get excited every day to go to yoga class. I would look forward to it. My mind would just go into this. It almost felt like a different dimension. And I would experience all of these really, really good feelings. And when she would chant in the different languages, it made me feel weird. And I was like, well, I don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable. So when she chants, I'm just going to pray. And I thought that that would keep anything weird away from me. I didn't understand that I was putting myself in that environment and I was opening myself up to the different things that, that the different spirits that um, people worship in yoga. I didn't understand that's what I was putting myself in. And so I should have known by that check, that weird feeling, that conviction that God gave me like, hey, this isn't from me, but I was ignorant still. And so I did yoga. I didn't really think that much of it. And I continued with astrology and it totally consumed my life. It became my worldview. The Bible wasn't my foundation for life. Astrology was. It was like two worldviews that I thought could just coexist together. And I didn't think they overlapped. I didn't think they contradicted each other. And so I became an astrologer and I called myself a Christian. And so I lived this way. And then I graduated high school and everything like that, going to church, loving God while being an astrologer. And Now, Taylor, did you feel like your relationship with God kind of suffered at all while you were practicing astrology? Or can you tell me a little bit of what that was like, more like on the Christian side? Yeah, when I was in high school, I it didn't really get too crazy. I kind of stayed at this plateau of like, I believed I was good. Sometimes things would happen to me, but it was almost like now I look back and I'm like, maybe the Lord was really protecting me because once I got into college, that's when things started getting really ugly with astrology. Um, and so I kind of was at this plateau and then I graduated high school. I had this opportunity to pursue Christian music, which was my dream. And honestly, I got approached and the deal just wasn't very good, but to a 17, 18 year old, you're really excited and you're like, this is my moment I've been praying for. And, you know, looking at contracts and looking at the deals, my parents were like, you know what? We don't think that this is the best deal. We don't think that this is God's timing right now. We don't think this is the door. And the enemy just started just bombarding my mind with thoughts like, God doesn't really love you. Your parents don't love you. This is an amazing opportunity. And God and your parents are just shutting it down and they don't want you to succeed. And I started getting really emotional and depressed, very, I felt betrayed and I was believing the lies of the enemy 
that he was telling me. And, and I think that's where my foundation was faulty because I had let in the astrology and the yoga and I just didn't have this super firm foundation on Jesus. There were some fault lines and some cracks and some potholes that shouldn't have been there because I was practicing the new age. The Bible says that rebellion, and in 1 Samuel 15, it says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And that's what I started to see happen. I, I stopped trusting God and I stopped trusting my parents and I didn't believe that they had good things planned for me anymore. And so I started to just let rebellion into my heart. I wanted to be in the driver's seat of my life. I didn't trust God and my parents to be in the driver's seat because they weren't doing what was best for me. That's what I thought at the time. And so around this time, I'm starting college. And the friends that I made were really big into partying. They were really big into drinking, um, smoking weed, and they just weren't Christian. And so that's who I started hanging out with. And at first I was like, you know what? I know drinking is wrong, you know, getting drunk. I'm not even 21 yet. I'm not, this isn't even allowed. I, I'm just going to be good and I'm just going to hang out, hang out with them every week and I'm not going to partake in that. That lasted for maybe three weeks. And then I was, I just saw how much fun they were having. They were getting drunk. Every party we went to, every activity we did, they were drinking, they were pre-gaming, they were partying, and they just looked like they were having so much more fun. And so at this point, I'm so disappointed in God. I'm disappointed in my parents, and I'm still doing astrology. And uh, I just start partying and drinking, getting drunk with my friends pretty much every weekend from the beginning of freshman year, which was September to December. As my appetite for partying and witchcraft and the more I rebelled as that grew, um, my desire for witchcraft and astrology started to grow too. And so at this point, I'm flat out rejecting the Bible. I'm rejecting Jesus because I was backsliding. I was pitching a fit. I was mad that he didn't do what I wanted him to do when I wanted him to do it, that my prayers didn't get answered, that I wasn't seeing what I wanted. And so I thought, and it was immaturity, that I, I'm not going to serve you anymore. I don't want anything to do with you. I need to figure out my own spirituality because I know what's best for me. That's what was going through my head. Little by little, I started doing more yoga, more meditation, trying to see auras, trying to open my third eye, ordering crystals, trying to attract things to myself. All throughout this time during high school and college, I was also just totally in love, obsessed with this guy who was not for me. And so the relationship was very up and down. It was very confusing. And so that was another area of my life where I had a lot of pain and I didn't trust God. And so I started to turn to the, the false spirituality, to the new age, to try to figure out if this guy was worth my time. I would look at um, astrology charts, like divination charts, and pretty much you put in your information and it shows you it's all of this crazy symbols and you had to get all these books and, and basically it's a chart, a map of your life. And so I was doing these fortune telling charts, these astrology charts, trying to figure out who, who's my husband going to be? Because I didn't trust God for relationships. I didn't trust God for my calling. I didn't trust God for the plan. So I would turn to astrology and I would look at all of the placements of the planets and the time I was born. And I would try to decode and uncover how my life was going to unfold because I didn't have anyone to put my hope and my trust in for my future. And that really scared me. 
And I remember I would call psychics and my my mom would tell me growing up that you know psychics and ouija boards and fortune tellers that those those people get their powers from the devil from demons they don't get their power from god and so i knew it but i was in this place of i didn't want god i didn't trust him and so i remember i would like dial psychic hotline numbers and the phone would be ringing and then the fear of the Lord, the Holy, I don't know what it was, but something would come over me and I would get terrified and I would hang up the phone before they could even answer. And I would, I lived like this for almost two years in college where I was doing these things and I knew they were wrong, but I didn't trust God. And I was acting out of frustration and acting out of rebellion. And I just remember waking up winter break of my freshman year of college i was 18 and i just woke up and it and the partying wasn't fun anymore the drinking wasn't fun anymore all the different guys that i was dating and trying to find happiness and those things weren't making me happy and it was like the this awesome fun great picture that the enemy painted and i i believed it and i just woke up one morning and it was like the rug got pulled out from underneath me and it just wasn't fun anymore. The mask came off. I don't know how else to describe it. And I just felt this overwhelming depression and not suicidal thoughts, but just not wanting to live anymore. I didn't plan out, you know, I'm going to take my life. But I remember driving home from college because I would commute and I would drive home every day. And I would remember driving, you know, on the on the highway and thinking I wouldn't even care if uh, a car just crashed into me right now and just killed me. I wouldn't even care. I have no will to live. That was probably the lowest that I was. And I remember I would come home and I would cry and I would beg my mom to take me to therapy. I would beg her to put me on medication because I would just cry for probably like two hours every day for no reason. I was severely depressed. And a part of that was because even though I was I was dabbling with astrology before in high school, I still loved Jesus. I was still going to church. I still knew what his presence felt like. And now at this point, I totally pushed him away and I didn't have that love. I didn't have his presence anymore. And that is the worst thing that you could ever feel and experience is having God and then rejecting him. And then you're just full of your own emptiness and sorrow. I was desperate for any kind of help, but I I didn't want to hear that I needed Jesus. I wasn't ready. I was still angry. I was still backsliding. I remember this just darkness would come over me. Now I know that it was demons, but this darkness would come over me and I would write things in my journal that it wasn't even from me. I was, there were like demonic spirits, demons that were just in my mind lashing out. I don't know a better way to explain it. And I would write things in my journal like to God saying like, I hate you. You don't love me. Why did you turn your back on me? And these unclean spirits would literally manifest through me. That was the darkest point for me. I remember asking my mom to take me to some kind of therapy. And she said, Taylor, your problem is spiritual. I've seen what's been happening with you. God has been showing me what's going on with you. And she said, if I take you to a therapist, if I put you on medicine, it's not going to fix it. She would always say, we don't, if you break your foot, you don't take Advil to heal the broken foot. It will just numb the pain. And she knew that my problem was spiritual and putting a Band-Aid on it, like taking a medication, wasn't going to fix the spiritual issue that was broken in me. It would only numb the pain. And so she said, no, she said, you need to go to church. And that would just 
trigger me. It would trigger the demons in me. And I would just cry and yell at her and just totally, just totally lash out. I was this way, you know, winter, January, February, March. And then around springtime, uh, we had a family friend who she's just a mighty woman of God. She hears from the Lord. My grandma, my mom, and this woman of God, her name was Sandra. They had been praying for me the whole year. They saw how I was backsliding. They saw what I was getting into, and they never stopped praying and warfaring for me. One day, Sandra was at our house, and she just looked at me, and she said, you know, I'm at your house today. And I was like, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, you come over and she was like, God told me today is the day of your freedom and we're going to pray and God is going to break that depression and that death and the sadness off of you. And at that point, I just had no fight in me left. I was tired of resisting God because I was so beaten down by my sin, by the depression, by the the lack of the will to live. I was so beaten down. I, I just said, okay. And so we went into my room and she prayed over me and she commanded the spirit of depression, the demonic spirit of depression to come out in the name of Jesus and the spirit of death to come out in the name of Jesus. And all of the heavy things and all of the pain and all of the sadness and sorrow that I had been living in, um, she commanded them out in Jesus' name. And we were praying, we were pressing in. I was, I was allowing it to happen. I was inviting Jesus back into my life again. And he delivered me. He set me free from that. And the depression and the heaviness and the death, it just lifted off of me. Kind of like when I was 14 and I asked Jesus to take the eating disorder and he lifted it off of me and that weight was gone. It was, it was pretty similar to that. And after that day, I never had depression ever again in my life. It never once came back. The death, the, the thoughts about not wanting to live anymore never came back. This is now over, over six years ago. Never once has it come back. And so after that, I started going to church again, you know, and all during this time too, I, I, I don't want to skip over this. I did not have a good relationship with my father. There was a lot of fighting in our home. There was a lot of disagreements. There was a lot of pain there in my heart. And so while all this stuff is going on, I did have a, a really unstable, verbally bad relationship with my dad where we just didn't get along and we were mean to each other and there wasn't respect and honor in my home. Um, I was just, we were both just rude to each other all the time. And so that obviously made me feel unloved and like I had a void in my heart for for the father that I longed for. After I got free from the depression, I still didn't know that new age, that the crystals and the astrology and the yoga, I still didn't know that that was sin, that the Bible said to stay away from those things, that those things let demonic spirits into your life. And so I continued being an astrologer all during that time. Um, and so Again, I'm in this unstable situation with this guy where, you know, he wants to date me. He doesn't want to. And I'm like, God, is this my husband? Is it not? And there's so much confusion in my relationships, just a lack of love in the home. And then there was also confusion about spirituality. So I am back in church, but I wasn't fully set free. I wasn't walking in freedom, um, but God had started the rescue process for me mm -hmm. and I'm just so grateful for that. And so I, I lived this way for about another year. And so I'm getting into my my sophomore and my junior year of college around this time. I'm, I'm around 19 to 20 years old um, during this following year. 
during this time, yeah, I'm, I'm still looking to the new age. I'm looking to the crystals to try to attract love and blessings and good luck. I'm trying to look at my divination charts and my horoscope charts to figure out who I'm going to marry and is this the right person for me? I still didn't trust God with my future, if I'm being honest about it. And so I remember the day that God opened my eyes to astrology not being from Him. I was sitting on my bed. I was doing my my fortune-telling chart. My It's called a birth chart. It said that I was prone to head trauma and head tumors and certain kinds of cancers. It said that I was going to get a divorce. It said all of these horrible curses for my life. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit just opened my eyes. The light bulb came on and I said, there's no way this is from God. There's just no way. I, I knew him at that point. I, I, I knew he was good. I knew that he loved me. I knew he'd never turn his back on me. I knew he healed me from depression. After that, my, my mom, not very long after, my mom calls me and she said, Taylor, I was, I was just, I don't know what she was doing. She was just on the internet. I don't know what. And she said, I came across this prayer to break off astrology. And she said, the weirdest thing happened. She said, I prayed this prayer over myself. I, I renounced, like I, I came out of agreement with my zodiac sign, this, this, this thing that I just, this identity that I thought I was. And she said, my back got healed. I always had pain in my back. And after I prayed and I broke it off and I said, I don't want this in my life, my neck and my back got healed. And she was like, I felt so much better. And I said, I need to do that. And so I prayed and I, this was right after I, I realized that it was wrong. And I prayed, I, I renounced all of that. I didn't want it anymore. And I just prayed and I, I repented before God. I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I, for being an astrologer for all of those years, I didn't know that what I was doing was wrong. I didn't know that I was letting all of these curses into my life. I didn't know that I was, I was coming into agreement with a false identity. And that's the thing about astrology. Like it would tell me that I was bold and I was outgoing and I was confident, but then it would say, that I was, I had explosive anger and that I was impatient and that I was selfish. And so it was, they, it was like, it lured me in with these good, shiny things that made me feel understood and like, oh, that's my personality. That's so me. This is what's going to happen. Wow. I just understand myself and I understand life. And then it had all of these curses and divorce and negative things that it was also spewing onto me. And I can't just take one and not the other. You, you, when you come into agreement, I was coming into agreement with all of it. And so finally God opened my eyes and I was so grateful. And then I just started finding Derek Prince sermons and learning more about, um, you know, divination and fortune telling and everything just started making sense. And I was like, whoa, the crystals and the horoscopes and the yoga. It was like God just started putting all of the resources I needed to learn in front of me. And I started to just get more and more set free. And I was realizing I was doing witchcraft for all of these years while I was saying that I was a Christian and believing in God out of my own ignorance. That doesn't excuse it. And I was like, I was a Christian witch. Like if I wanted to put labels on myself and I had no idea, I mean, that's not even a thing, but I was doing both, you know? And so I do want to make that clear. You can't be a Christian witch and you shouldn't be. Um, that was just the confusion that was going on in my mind. I just started to get more and more set free. You know, I would pray and I would repent. God, I'm so sorry. I opened the door to yoga and I would feel 
I would feel demons leave me. I, I don't know how else to explain it. I would feel the peace of God come over me. I would see so much healing and freedom and breakthrough. I had anxiety during that year where I was backsliding and I was going to church, but I was doing new age. I was so heartbroken because that relationship um, that I was talking about, that up and down relationship, it didn't work out. And so around that time, my friends were smoking weed and I said, well, I'm just so empty and I'm so heartbroken. Just I'll smoke with you and that'll numb the pain. And, and I started getting panic attacks and anxiety attacks when I started smoking. And so, you know, and then I, I give my life to the Lord and I'm starting to realize my eyes are opening about these things. And, um, and I'm realizing like, I can't do this anymore. This isn't right. The Bible says to be sober minded and I'm having these anxiety attacks. And so then I go back to my, my mom, my mentors. I say, Hey, pray for me. And so it was kind of like this process of like peeling an onion because I had opened myself up to so much new age witchcraft that it was like everything that I opened up the doors to God had to correct me and then pray and then break these things off. And so. That process really started when, honestly, I was just on my bed one night and I was tired of the back and forth. I was tired of smoking and then going to church and I was tired of looking at the astrology charts. And, you know, this was right before God opened my eyes to that. And I, I was listening to a sermon about giving everything to God, every last area of your heart, no place hidden, nothing, no secret sin in the back corner. It was like, give everything to Jesus. And I just knew that's what I had to do. And so I broke off, you know, ungodly dating relationships. I, I stopped smoking. I stopped partying. I, I stopped everything that night. And I said, I'm tired of this tightrope. I'm tired of the back and forth. I know what's right and I know what's wrong. And I don't want to live like this anymore because it was torment for me to know what was right and then to be sucked back into um, living in sin and living in filth. And so I couldn't take it anymore. So I fully surrendered. And so after that surrender was when, oh my gosh, astrology is wrong. Oh my gosh, I need to throw these crystals away. Oh my gosh, okay, I can't smoke anymore. I have anxiety from smoking. I need to ask God to, to deliver me from this anxiety. And I would have panic attacks every day. And they were so crippling and so debilitating. And it only started when I started smoking weed. And so I went to my mom and I said, mom, I was doing astrology. I was smoking. I was I had the crystals. I told her everything. And I said, I stopped doing all of that, but these panic attacks won't go away. I think I let in a spirit of anxiety when I started smoking. And she said, okay, we'll just cast it out in Jesus name because that's what the Bible tells us to do. And so we prayed and she commanded that spirit of anxiety to come up and out in Jesus name. And it did. And I never had another panic attack or an anxiety attack or, or anxiety period ever again. You know, if you get nervous, that's one thing, but that anxiety what I felt that never came back. And I'm so grateful. So, you know, when I think about everything Jesus did for me, the big things that stick out was he healed me from depression. He set me free from depression and eating disorder, anxiety, thoughts of death and not wanting to live. He set me free from being an astrologer and living in witchcraft um, and thinking that that was okay. And so after that, it reminded me of the fire that I first felt when I first got set free and I first encountered Jesus and I first got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was so on fire, so in love with Him. All I wanted to do was tell people about what Jesus did for me. And so after I left all of that torment and torture and the darkness that I was living in for those two years when I backslid, I was like, I have to tell everybody about Jesus. I started sharing my testimony, you know, not long after that, COVID happened um, and 
everyone was in lockdown and I start scrolling on TikTok and I see people talking about, you know, this is a spell you can do and this is astrology and these are the crystals. And I'm seeing now the, the darkness that I was in, the witchcraft that I was in, taking over Gen Z. That's my generation, like taking over everything on social media. I, I can't scroll like five minutes without seeing witchcraft just going viral on TikTok. And so I said, you know what, if this is going viral, I need to share my testimony and I need to warn all of these younger, it was mostly girls. I need to warn all of these younger girls. They don't know what they're messing with and they're letting in so much darkness because I lived it. And so I started sharing my testimony and God just started blowing the videos up and they would get millions and millions of views. And I would talk about astrology is not of God. This is not okay. And all of these thousands of, of young people started writing in and saying, I, okay, I'm not an astrologer anymore. I threw out my tarot card decks. I threw away my crystals. I, I'm going out today and I'm buying my first Bible and I'm going to go to church for the first time. I just started seeing God move just by me sharing my testimony. And so if you know someone's watching that today and that's where you are like i pray that my story encourages you too that you can be set free um, by the power and the mighty hand of jesus amen taylor who is jesus to you jesus is my best friend first there's no one in the world that i love more than him that i want to be with more than him that has loved me more than him and of course he's my lord he's my savior he's everything to me yeah. Taylor, what would you say to that person watching who may have never heard this before, who has never heard that astrology is bad, that witchcraft is sinful, and are hearing all of this for the first time and are shocked and don't know what to do next? Yeah, I, I will tell you this. It's a fact. At some point, the witchcraft, the astrology, the deeper that you go, it's going to turn on you. And that happens to every single person who has left or escaped the witchcraft, the occult, Satanism, whatever cult you want to call it, the deeper you go, the more intense it gets. And so for me, after all those years of being an astrologer, I, I hit that place where I started reading about the curses and the bad things. And there will be a, a moment where the spirit guide turns on you, where the crystals are not enough, where you've tried to sage your house and cleanse it out a million times, but the nightmares keep getting worse and you keep seeing these things in your home. You don't have to take my word for it. Your own experience, and I know this, will show you that this will happen. And so if you're not willing to to give your life to Jesus right now, I just really want you to remember this, that when those spirits turn on you, because they are demons and they will always turn on you at some point, the Bible says that demons come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's their goal. So when they turn on you, the Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so all my friends that have left that, they hit that low point, they hit that rock bottom, and they cried out to Jesus and he saved them and he rescued them just like he did for me. And so if you're not ready to leave those things behind, if you still need more convincing, please, if you take one thing away, remember that you can always call on Jesus and he will rescue you out of that. There's not a plant that you can buy to make the nightmares go away. There's not a bath, a ritual that you can take to get rid of your depression and anxiety. But Jesus paid the price for all of that when he died for our sins on the cross. Taylor, do you have any advice for those people who may have grown up in church, who may have known the goodness of God, but find themselves backsliding because of negative things that may have happened to them in church or in their families and just don't feel like they're ready to come back to God yet? Yeah. Um, coming back to Jesus is the only thing that is going to, to satisfy you. And I understand 
the anger. I understand the pain. For me, it was honestly spiritual immaturity because kind of for me, I'm not projecting this onto anyone, but I didn't get what I wanted, how I wanted, when I wanted. And so I said, well, God's not good. But now that I've lived through this, I've walked through it, I've seen God rescue me out of all that darkness. I finally trust Him more than I trust myself. And if somebody hurt you, if somebody abused you or abandoned you in the church, you really need to know that that's not God's heart for you. That's not who Jesus is. And, you know, God doesn't control people. He doesn't make people do bad things to us. We have a very real enemy. We have darkness in the world and God doesn't control us like robots. And so he doesn't promise us a perfect life, but what he does promise us is healing. He promises to restore us and he promises to set us free. And so you're not going to get healed in a relationship at the, you're not going to find healing at the um, bottom of a bottle. You're not going to find it in, in drugs. You're not going to find it in, in children, in a marriage, in a happy home. All of us are searching for the love of God to fulfill our hearts. And, and I do, I, I do want to, wrap this up too with a bow too. I, I forgot about this, but you know, I, I was searching for love. That reminded me I was searching for love in all the wrong places. And after I gave my life to Jesus and I fully surrendered, then my relationship with my father got restored and I, I met my husband and I have an amazing kingdom, godly marriage. And so God totally redeemed. I was so empty. I was broken. I was angry. I was looking for love and happiness. And when I gave my life to Jesus and just started following him, those the healing just started happening because he's good and he has good purposes and plans for you that's what jeremiah 29 11 it says that god knows the plans that he has for you they're not plans to harm you but they're plans to give you hope in a future and that's true i promise you that's true maybe your life doesn't look like it right now but god will redeem and restore and rewrite your story because if he did it for me he will do it for you he doesn't love me more than he loves you so you can hold on to that promise now, Taylor, do you have any last words for people who may be watching your testimony and connecting with you? Yeah, I, I just, I really want to stress that our life is so short. Our life, the Bible says it's like a vapor. It's like a mist. We don't know how long we have. We see that in the world, there's wars, there's rumors of wars. We live through a pandemic. You know, we know that life is short and tomorrow isn't promised. Um, but if you put your hope and your trust in Jesus, if you follow him, if you say, God, I want to follow you, I want a relationship with you, Jesus, your salvation, your eternity can be secured. And that's the most important thing that you know Jesus and that you discover and, and find eternal life in him because life is too short to be holding on to the pain unforgiveness, hangups, and don't live another day not knowing if you're going to go to heaven or hell or, or with that fear and anxiety. But, you know, you can give your life to Jesus right now and you can know that you're walking in truth and you have a hope and a future forever. Taylor, we would love it if you could just pray for the people that are watching and even for people who may be ready to give their lives to Christ right now after watching your video. Yeah, let's pray. Um, God, I thank you for every single person who is watching this video. God, I thank you that you love them, Jesus, that you desire to free them from any darkness that they're facing, any battles that they're going through, any heaviness that they're feeling. 
you love me so much, God, that you freed me from those things and you want to do the same thing for them. So I just pray right now, God, that your love would totally wash over them, even now in this moment, that they would feel your arms of love wrapping around them and comforting them and reminding them that they're seen, that they're loved, that they're valuable, that they were so valuable, Jesus, that you endured the cross and you poured out your blood so that their sins could be forgiven for their past, their present, and their future sins to totally be washed clean, made white as snow the moment that they decide to follow you and have a relationship with you. And if that's you, you can just pray and say, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. I, I From this day on, I'm going to follow you. I want a relationship with you, Jesus. I, I give my life to you right now, Lord. I don't want to hold on to unforgiveness. I don't want to hold on to bitterness. I don't want to hold on to the pain of the past. I want to walk in a new life. The Bible says that if you're in Christ, you are a new creation. And so, God, I just pray right now that you would give them the strength and the faith to to totally give their life to you right now god i pray that you would fill them with your precious holy spirit that you would fill them to overflowing with your peace with your presence with your love and your joy god and i just pray that you would break off any anxiety any fear any heaviness over them god and that you would put a hunger in them to know you to read their bible to find a good church to worship you and to repent and turn away from their sin Lord, I just thank you for their life. I pray that you would just open their eyes, that you would show them how to walk in truth and turn away from any of the sin that they might find themselves wrapped up in. I pray that you would just break those addictions, break those strongholds, and lead them into perfect peace and freedom in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, everybody. I hope the new testimony has blessed you, has encouraged you. Just wanted to let you know that if you are in need of help, that we have people that are ready to speak with you. So down in the description box below, in the comment section, uh, if you're watching from YouTube, if you're listening from our podcast, just look for the link that says, talk to someone who cares. Click on that, fill out the form, and somebody will get in contact with you locally. Now, this is only available to people in the U.S. right now, but we are working to get resources for our international viewers and listeners. But for right now, if you are in the U.S. and you need help, you need to talk with somebody, please fill out that form and somebody will reach out to you. God bless you, and we'll see you on the next testimony.